everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef program from the creators of Read It and Weep. We are continuing our Season 10 Rewatch Club. This is Episode 12. Uh, I believe the episode is titled Wolfgang Cluck, but I am calling it Chicken Week. W-E-A-K. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was better than you guys are making sounds for. Um, no, I'm, I, no I, the sound was that I agree this was weak. <laughs> this is a weak chicken. Um, mm-hmm. Also, weird challenge. Um, but I am your host I, in Los Angeles. My name is Alex, and I'm joined by Megan. Hey, buddy. Oh, hello. Also in Northern California by Ezra and Sarah and Totoro. Hello. <laughs> Good to talk to you guys. Also from Brooklyn, New York, uh, we have Chris and Tanya. Hey, hey. Oh, hi there. And rounding out the panel, also in Los Angeles, new Sarah and Kyle. Hey, guys. Hey, very happy to be podcasting from a brown paper bag. <laughs> oh, you're going to be proud. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad Classic you. Southern style podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Did you dredge uh, yourself I, first? I, oh, I, I, I live dredged. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning you just take a shower in flour and secret seasonings. Start dredged, stay dredged. Live dredged, fry young. That's what I always say. Uh, Oh, man. So good, you guys. But before we talk about chicken, we have to talk about the big news this week, which we already knew because our listeners' dogs follow Tom's dogs on Instagram and our sisters Uh, follow Chili Cook-Off tours. Uh, Portland Top Chef is official. Now, they've announced it for real. The thing that we knew way back on Sunday of last week yes. is officially happening. Can, can uh, I just say, this is my favorite hour of the week where this is the big news. Uh, Yay! The <laughs> best let's, news. Let's, let's, the let's only news. This moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does feel like a long time ago now because of other news. But that no, was... That doesn't exist this hour. <laughs> yeah, nope, right now. Hour, that's the news. <laughs> Very importantly, everyone is going to be in Portland. Um... Uh, which I I have been I've been encouraged by some listeners to be more excited about, and I'm I'm there. I'm getting there. Um, one very exciting piece of news, which I'm sure some some of you saw, is that um, joining the judging panel this year is going to be Kwame. Ooh. Interesting. Ooh. So like, I, as I, a regular, or just uh, like from time to time, or what's the deal? Is it like a Blaze situation? I, I my my guess is it's like a Blaze situation. I saw some snark about how he was replacing Blaze specifically, which would be fine. Um, no, but you know they that. didn't elaborate. You know, I, I sort of feel like it's probably yeah, like the Emerald role on this season where he's a regular but also irregular. Yeah, it's not a surprise when you see him, but it's not a yeah. surprise when you don't. You know? Yeah, or like Hugh is one of those guys who's like just there a bunch, but not every every week. Like when it works for Hugh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of like so, Wolfgang on this season, right? Yeah, or Wolf. Oh my God, um, yeah, we saw a lot of airport puck this year. I'd be fine if he was gone. Um, and I think we can say then that Kwame is the best person for this role that we've seen so far. If we're comparing to all those, I do I like Hugh, but yeah, definitely great choice. Very excited about it. I feel like I in all of our villain updates, I should mention Wolfgang Puck more often because I forgot he is. One oh of yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he is. He is a villain in the running. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super excited for Kwame and Kwame seems super excited, which makes me more excited for him. So everybody seems stoked. I, Gregory was really uh, excited to post about it. So I can't wait to see more of Gregory. Yeah. Um, and Gregory's post was actually really like encouraging as well. It sort of really was a positive and optimistic look at, you know, yeah. being in Portland at this time. So, yeah. Um, also, um, regular listener J number one was uh, brainstorming with me something who's also from Portland was brainstorming some things that could happen and definitely uh, restaurant wars takeout only is more like actually works better the more I've tossed around in my head um, 
they don't have to pick decor and just watching Padma and Tom sit in the car and eat would be pretty fun. Mm. You know, um, I, it, it would be, I honestly think that would be a lot easier because you're literally just cooking food and putting it in boxes. Like I, yeah. we have some friends that work in restaurants and granted it's not nearly as busy, but they've said that like working for takeout right now isn't as complicated. Yeah. Sure. As yeah. And no one would have to be back. front of the house. Really? You don't have to sweep um, the plates. Yeah. Oh, I guess I did. There was that when we got our uh, meal for my birthday, I did kind of ruin that front of the house person's day. Um, <laughs> hey, what'd you do? We don't have to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to be about it. Thank you, Crush. Aggressive yeah. joke, and sometimes it lands, and sometimes yeah, it you get, yeah. I'm sure some other people, maybe you guys don't relate entirely, but sometimes my brain suggests a joke, and I decide after it's come out that I didn't want to do it. Like I just, I can, I feel it. I can feel it happening, and be like, oh no, why didn't we reconsider this? Um, so we yeah, I did that through. just about five minutes and 40 seconds ago. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you did. Oh, you, oh, yes. With us. I remember that. I thought, <laughs> OK. Um, yeah, I was just the person who had come up in front of us in line, like wandered off. And so when the, um, the host who's giving out the takeout came back out, was like, oh, where did Jeff go? And I was like, he was tired of your shit. And oh it was just too aggressive. Oh. Uh, too aggressive. Uh, we're living through a global pandemic, Alex. I don't know if you heard, but it's not good to talk to people like that anymore. Oh, at all. I almost never do that. I felt so bad immediately. I was, and you know, it's a high risk, high reward maneuver. No rewards uh, yeah. this time. Uh, yeah. What was the? What would have been the reward? Would they have like said like that? Would have kills. I, Here's a free dessert. Or it's yeah, like, sure. like you've given me some things to think about. <laughs> No, sometimes they really laugh when you tell people things, you know? That's <laughs> when you say words in general, sometimes people have liked what you said. Yeah, it's it's the reason why I do it, you know? Sometimes I, I people can laugh. See, I can see a situation and a tone where that might have hit, but maybe sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, for yeah. sure did not. If you had um, more it, dimples, maybe, Alex, that would have landed. Well, that's the other big problem right now, right? Is no one can read. It's hard to read tone because they can't see 90% of your face. So I'm just a a guy in sunglasses and a mask who just said he was tired of your shit. No. Um, Emoji panel to like hold up to next to your comments to give it some context. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I need like an emoji that floats next to me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I do like the idea of the takeout only menu. I could see that being easier. I also like that there's no front of house and there's no buying candles. So... Um, I'm open to restaurant wars that way. Um, other than that, I'm not sure what to expect really um, about the season. So, but I'm looking forward to it. If they're if they are optimistic, then so am I. And I'm just glad that Tom's dog is happy. Also, I just want to jump in real fast. Was that to a say, dog like, contribution? Was that the second dogs I said that? Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> dogs for the happiness of other dogs. Yes. Did wow. he bark during the intro music? Because I thought I, I was like, wow, I never noticed that dog sound. Oh, <laughs> you know what? He might have. Honestly, like, we're so accustomed to his, like, vocal contributions to our daily yeah. life. But we didn't Sarah even and know. Kyle, I have to ask. Was there maybe a time, honestly, around 20 years ago or so, that you happened to let some dogs out? Because I've been wondering Ooh. about this for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, do you guys know? Do you guys listen to any of the? Do you listen to the podcast about that song from? Was it Reply All? I think it was ninety nine percent. Ninety nine percent invisible. Oh yeah, man! Turns out that song way more interesting than I thought. 
Mm. Oh, it's on yeah. I highly recommend the 99% Invisible episode about who let the dogs out because that song is deep. It turns out that song is has a lot of original owners. Hmm. Hmm. Before the Baja Men, that song has been around. It has been. It's like possibly the most Dylan song that was covered. <laughs> The um, answer, my friend, is who let the dogs out. Um, it's really interesting. Anyway, okay, let's get into this. Let's talk about <laughs> That's the situation chef, where Bob Dylan is on uh, Jeopardy, I believe, in case you're wondering. Um, all right. Well, so the question is uh, Chicken Week, episode 12 of season 10. Um, the question at hand, I, guess, I was trying to do like a Jeopardy. The question mm-hmm. is, okay, anyway, okay, the answer. Anyway, okay. So let's jump into the episode. So first up in the quick fire, Master Su- a, a Master Sushi Chef who lives in LA and has nothing to do with Seattle. Uh, Katsuya Uechi is here to judge a 30 minute sushi challenge. The winner gets five grand and the loser has to listen to Josie talk about her naked parties. Brooke does well enough with her delicious, but ugly cutting of octopus and Steph, but Stefan pulls out the win in the first for the first time. in he would tell you exactly how long for his yellow tail. And it isn't a rock. It's a rock lobster. Jo- uh, oh. Josh and Lizzie, both get stuck in the seaweeds and finish on the bottom. Jo- Josh's bacon omelet sushi is greasy, and Lizzie's sushi soup without rice is not even a little bit sushi. Or as yeah. Jeff Katsuya says, would be better with rice. Yeah, and Josh's was not a good idea. Such <laughs> like, a bad idea. Right. <laughs> not just bacon on sushi, with the, which the chef disagrees with, but then he tempura fried the bacon. Poorly. And he added salmon belly. He did so too. Oh, <sighs> yes. so many too many things. I just he, I think yeah. it's it's true that if you don't know about a cuisine, deciding to just not learn about it and do your own thing, quote unquote, <laughs> is not always a great plan. That is the theme for this episode. Is like curiosity is important as a chef. Yeah, uh, I Stefan. Fascinating. Yeah. I mean, they're not one to one necessarily, but. I found it fascinating that Josh was really insulted by how people were interpreting fried chicken after oh, this. Yeah. Right. I, did yeah. a little, I did a little bit of the eyes emoji at Josh's uh, <laughs> commentary throughout the whole thing. Admittedly, sushi is incredibly specific and requires a different type of mastery than fried chicken, although both are difficult and both are worthy of attention. But like, it was just so interesting to hear him have just argue with himself. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. kind of bragging about not caring about stuff. Like, yeah. even like, like, well, in the, in the Elimination Challenge, Stefan, especially, where he, like, eventually admits that he does, he has heard of fried chicken. He just never cared to learn. Mm-hmm. As if that, that makes it so better. frustrating. Oh, yeah. God. It was such weird vibes the whole episode. And we can talk about the non-Seattleness of it later. But this quick mm-hmm. fire, I was like, really? Like, no, all, all respect to this master sushi chef, but there is an entire international district in Seattle and they didn't want to bring anyone local to do this challenge. Or, you know, I could see if they had a nationally renowned the master of sushi, but then highlighting local product. You know, that would be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would have been, yep. I don't know, like since you love your water views so much, Top Chef, <laughs> maybe... I don't know what's in that water. That local water. What's, what's in that water? water? What's, what's in water? the water, Tom? Just Tommy? help. It's fine. <laughs> Check out the water, Tommy. Um, I... <laughs> Sorry. It just felt like uh, another missed opportunity from this season. Like this all the, yeah. the challenge. I totally like. I I love a, a challenge that is 
truly difficult <laughs> for people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, totally. Which had actually, it, they were so close and they just missed the mark again on, on like highlighting why it was cool to do that during this well, particular season. Sarah, case in point, the Japanese food challenge last this past most recent season was hyper specific. I mean, the kaiseki is even more specific yeah. Than, yeah. than sushi. And, you know, you had talented enough chefs given enough time to do a good job. Yeah. yeah, and they cared. also got they, an education. I think yes. that's that's something that, that yeah. this, like obviously is a quick fire. It is it's not really realistic, but it is a little frustrating to be like, here's the master of this craft. Now impress him. We're not going to tell you how to sushi, but we are just going to tell you to impress this guy. Yeah, the like, only thing you'll be told is you don't touch it too way. much, which right. is a tough task. If you don't know what you're doing, knowing when to not touch stuff is hard. I also feel like if touching it too much is a problem, putting it on a naked person who's yeah, like absolutely I mean, that ninety-ish degrees is no. like of, kind of a weird vibe. One of the funniest cuts of the season is from Josie explaining that if you touch the fish, it w- overwarms with your hands, and then cuts to her bragging about a party where she serves it like a '90s movie on a naked lady. Wait, which, wait. to be fair, one like I mean, a gross, b. Yes, that will eventually warm it up. But typically, you're putting the rice side down on like a shiso leaf on a person. Oh, so like, okay. it's it's not as Chris though this is still trying the, to get that, a naked sushi party business off the ground. So he doesn't want to smush <laughs> the Chris, naked sushi party too hard. It's how you, to just sweep in and defend. You know, that's how your company does it, Chris. You're saying that's Chris, yeah, okay, that's true. <laughs> Josie might put it fish side down directly on weird skin. I don't. <laughs> we don't like eating off people. That doesn't seem nope, fun. I don't. Yeah, platifying people, especially women, just feels <laughs> feels bad. Feels Chris, pretty bad. Chris, can you be I, honest and tell us if you're currently covered in sushi right now? I cannot. Well, if you're sitting up, which I assume you are because <laughs> of your good diaphragm sounds, that like the surface area for sushi is just lap and shoulders, right? You'd be surprised how much sushi you can fit on, yeah. A, yeah, so on a shoulder <laughs> and a lap, yeah. my dude. A lot it's of sushi like, places you wouldn't expect. Yeah. <laughs> All the way up. And all the monkeys to grab the sushi. Yeah. Um I oh man, it was that was just weird. I mean, fine. I I I assume I could be wrong, but I assume if you're doing that kind of a party, it's because you want the naked person more than you want like good sushi. That's not like where you you don't go to good just like you don't go to one with the train because you want good sushi. You just like that it moves on a train, right? Oh yeah. Although I've had really good sushi boats. Yeah. I was going to say sushi boat. Sushi is not the same as naked person. Sushi. Let's not do that. Okay. You don't go to all you can eat sushi because you want really high quality fish. Better comparison. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear the tummy ache in your past from the way you said that. Yeah. Uh, I'd still do it. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's all you can eat. Sushi is, was the way I learned how to eat sushi. It's like now when you have to like not eat all you can eat, it's much harder. Um, let's, oh man, speaking of Josie, probably my favorite, uh, awkward cut of the season is Lizzie spending her whole morning trying not to make eye contact in that room yeah. while Josie, yeah. Josie what is happened. defending herself and Lizzie's oh. like, mm. I, I'm hoping that that was just the cut that we got that actually was like a very like supportive conversation somehow. Uh, and we just they just edited out all of Lizzie's comments. That well, was let's supportive. check. Let's try it out. So we should check in with um, our very special guest, uh, Chef Lizzie. Lizzie, was it awkward? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was sort of assuming. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah. It didn't feel like Lizzie said a lot in that conversation. No, it did but not. But it did. I mean, but I guess the cut to Josie suddenly starting to cry did feel like there had to have been other conversation leading to that point. So maybe Lizzie was saying stuff and it just appeared that she stayed mom the whole time. The big question is, was Lizzie there? Yeah, the way that... <laughs> Seriously, not to go too like yarn on a wall, but the way they cut it, I was like, is, is Josie just talking to a producer right now? Like, Oh, yeah. that's such a good point though, because yeah. I remember being like, the angles of the room don't quite make sense. Like, yeah. We just, yeah, I mean, Josie really wasn't facing her. Yeah, yeah right. okay. Dude, we got the Zapruder Josie film that we can analyze I now. I think they were just, they're like, oh, we're going to do some morning filming of you guys getting ready. Because otherwise, I can't imagine, I mean, unless they just really wanted to make it like a brutal edit. Like, Lizzie seems like someone who would definitely at least make some, like, sounds of, <laughs> yeah. of like, support, you I, know? I did one time go on a comedy trip a long time ago with a, and I was r- hotel room sharing with a comedian who, like, talked so often that it just, eventually I stopped making noises and just he just let him go and uh one night i like fell asleep while he was talking to me and i remember waking up the next morning and as soon as i woke up he was like oh good and then continued the story oh, wow, so wow. maybe josie's like that maybe josie is just like not that interested in your participation wow that would track that that definitely seems like her yeah, I like I like your conspiracy theory. Also, one last thing I want to mention from this is I really enjoyed um, Sheldon with his um, burnt lemon, and I was hoping that would do better because it. Oh. The chef thought it was neat, but also when you throw a thing that's on fire in a blender, yes. it looks rad. Yeah, yes. we should do that more. More of it. <laughs> he made he made fireworks sushi, and I really enjoyed it. Yes. Um, also, Lizzie, uh, the pouring broth over sushi seems like something she should know isn't going to work. Right, yeah, it makes it not sushi. It makes it super weird. Um, yeah. Anyway, Soup-shi. but no more immunity. Soup. That's cool. Sushi. Goodbye, good. sweet immunity. We didn't Goodbye. need you to begin with. We never liked you. You never helped. Um, also, it does seem like this season has given away a lot of money. So you know, we're talking two weeks ago now. I think about the time you brought this great point about how often or how they're like experimenting with new ways to make money all year, and it seems like it worked uh, because they did have a lot more to give away. So. All that sweet Terlato money and um, cafe steamers money paid oh off boy. to some good. <laughs> I oh, like I did. I should have. I should have sent that to you guys. I did manage. I found somebody had posted about Kristen's um, cafe steamer. Remember, she oh. won that yeah. healthy oh, choice yeah. thing. It sounds over. filthy when you say it like that. Like it sounds absolutely not like NC seventeen. But I yes. know that it's just grocery store food it's just 350 calories and 70 percent of your daily allotment of salt um it is yeah i i just found a link to a a picture of it anyway it was her um the top chef um it was it was a crustless uh, pie right crustless chicken pot pie with little dumplings in it um and it looked exactly like every other healthy choice frozen dinner um i'm sure the dumplings were nice but also it makes sense that they would kind of like a like no crust thing that seems like a good trying yeah, to lower the calorie sink but man it was all salt that was surprising is it <laughs> no it shouldn't have is been it surprising? Yeah. no it, it well it was but it shouldn't have been the number was high i was impressed i didn't know you could get that much into Did a you, box didn't know you could numbers go uh, this high yeah. um, <laughs> thank you for this uh as always riveting report from the steamer first though i appreciate that <laughs> yeah um glad to do it all right let's jump into the elimination now again my slightly overwritten recap. So the elimination challenge today, um, Tommy boy is throwing a dinner party 
and not getting his deposit back in an insanely beautiful rented house on the lake. He brings uh, a series of chefs that aren't from Seattle to make the national dish of not Seattle fried chicken. Lizzie doesn't know what fried chicken is, but makes a great pepper marinated breast and Sheldon's umami drumstick and thighs are so good. All the judges wish they could have tasted some, but Josh brings home the bacon as always with his smoked and creepily injected fried chicken with Buffalo esque hot sauce and blue cheese. And as a result, he's saddled with 365 bottles of Trollato wine. Where is he going to keep them? <laughs> That's the first thing I worried about. <laughs> Truly, I was so upset about him having to store 365 bottles of Trilata wine. Imagining that Josh does not have a wine cellar, I suppose. Ooh, you know the way I hope it is. You know those like pencils that have like the different um, like colors in them, where it's like each one. Of course, I do. Okay, thank you. Oh yeah. So basically, I want it to be like that, where it's like as soon as you take one out, basically the next one kind of like comes up from the bottom. Oh, like a pencil of Trilata wine. Yeah. Yes. I like this. I do like this a lot. Um, yeah, the spring mechanism has got to be huge, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't wait, but as I don't, I don't you're know. To, why am to, I you're, asking? You're, no, 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 go ahead. I want, I want to go much deeper on this. Please, please, Shark Tank, Tanya. <laughs> I just backed out of the room. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, but you're about to say something about Jeff, about him being a jerk to, 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 and he just realized he shouldn't say it, and that's that's where Tanya's at right now. Yeah, she did the right choice of editing. That's I, my she, whole, that's like most of my processing power goes to carefully reviewing what I'm about to say and deciding yeah. whether or not to say it. I do all of it in post. I'm all audits, no yeah. pre-edits. Um, <sighs> So in the in the meanwhile on the bottom, Stefan makes chicken cordon bleu because he doesn't give a shit about anything, and like, Brooke for what <laughs> Brooke forgets yeah. that she's good at stuff for an hour uh, with her sad boneless chicken and duck. Uh, but Teflon Josie fails to make it seven in a row of uh, should have gone home. That exactly does it eventually does, and her classic southern fried chicken in Lizzie's oil served on a banana leaf with a side of more of Lizzie's oil sends her packing. After two unpleasant seasons, the Josie season has finally show has finally been canceled. The Josie show has finally been canceled. I said, Brad, even on the retake. Anyway, you guys get it. <laughs> what did you think of these the uh, fried chicken challenge? Oh, they overthought oh, it. I mean, they they I... really just like got in their own head. Instead of <laughs> making fried chicken, they said like, "Well, I got to make a chicken that's that's fried." Yeah. Like, <laughs> they should have put that pickle on a burger. It yeah, really think- did have pickle on the burger vibes. It was kind of funny how like one to one Tom's reaction was, but it went like in the opposite yeah. direction. This time yeah. he was like, "I wanted it basic." Yeah, he's <laughs> like, "You should have just made fried chicken." And it's like, I, oh. "I'm a basic bee. Give me a fried chicken." Um, I well, that's yeah, that's such an interesting idea. Like, how mad would he have been if the super creative stuff had actually been delicious? He, um, I don't think he would. Uh, Sheldon was close. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Well, no, I don't think he would have been mad. It's just that it's hard. The fried chicken is good if it's evoking classic fried chicken. Like there's very few places where you get fried chicken that doesn't have like the bone in it and isn't like an actual piece of like brined and fried chicken because otherwise you're getting chicken tenders and there's nothing. Even if you do that in a fancy way, it's hard to make something that's not chicken tenders or chicken cordon bleu. I mean, people like chicken tendies though. Yeah, that was the most stressful thing about Lizzie's, and I was excited that it was actually delicious because when she like when they showed the plate, I was like, "What happened?" It looked like like, <laughs> like fish sticks, basically. Yeah, yeah. like how is well, this reasonable? Also, there was one of the classic Top Chefs exactly a lie preview edits where they showed her saying, "I'm not exactly 
um, familiar with fried chicken. And then they were like, and then the actual world, they were like, oh, that's fine. It's great. Well, no, yeah. the big thing was like the cut to was Padma saying such a bullshitter. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> oh man, it was such a misleading edit. Like, um, as if she would ever say that about Lizzie. And that I know. I know. Like, Lizzie's bullshit has been going on for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice south african bullshit well it is kind of fun also how they were how she said she wasn't very familiar with fried chicken and they were like yeah that makes sense great job and uh stefan was like i i'm not very familiar with fried chicken and they were like shut up liar idiot <laughs> go make fried chicken like even they were like the national dish of austria is fried chicken you dummy well like so, she was saying like i'm not familiar with it and he says i'm from europe no one fries chicken in europe <laughs> It's, it's right. a, there, there's a difference. <laughs> oh, what a douche! Um, I do like how Lizzie always wanted to get fried chicken as a kid, and yes. her mom would never let her have it, so she was just kind of like paying that forward. That yeah, was like, super relatable. I know you too. asked for fried chicken, but I'm going to make this instead. It's yeah, a healthier I mean, version. <laughs> I did not have a lot of fried chicken growing up, and I definitely feel like if we'd been like, "Hey, we would like a bucket of KFC," and my mom would be like, "We have we have a healthy plan to make baked chicken at home. Like, yeah, we're not going to get you this greasy thing." So I, I felt. I felt a lot of uh, empathy with her when she said that. I felt a lot of kinship. I, I like that. I think I've had fried chicken once in my life. I was trying to think about this because I was like, wait a minute. Have I ever had fried chicken? I've had KFC exactly once in my life. And I think that's the only time I ever have. KFC's trash. Uh, oh. Oh. For life. I will I will go to I will go to bat for KFC because okay. that was one of the and, and I, I know about everyone, but I'm kind of like for large part, like anti bone of things, generally it's like it's like it's 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 like speed bumps when I'm like on the on the, the food highway. Whereas um, the chefs are very pro bone. I know, yeah. uh, but but yeah. So like for KFC, like that was one of the things we could reliably get, like boneless stuff when Sarah and I were living in Malaysia, and there was a oh. uh, like a uh, Malaysia like it was like I think a Malaysia only chicken sandwich they had at KFC, which was a Zinger Max with like three X's, and it was oh. had no bones. Uh, it was a beacon of light. Yeah. It's kind of like Zinger Max, beacon Zinger. of light. <laughs> it was an official, official merchandising uh, slogan, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, it was really good. There were no bones. It was, it was, it was spicy. It was zingy. It was yeah. sort of I won't judge. I don't want to judge people who enjoy KFC. I say this as someone who's like eating fried chicken. For, I, I'm the opposite of Sarah. Where like I've eaten. You think you did one time where you've not had fried chicken? <laughs> There's only one meal of my life where I haven't had fried chicken. Uh, or as the depending on which logician you talk to, the opposite of Sarah is not Sarah. Yes, oh. true. Uh, but like Bojangles fried chicken is always where I'd go if I had a choice because I had access to uh, Bojangles, KFC, Biscuitville, uh, oh and then like any sort of like mom and pop places that did fried chicken the south is wild <laughs> these are all oh. real places oh, i mean biscuitville is really blowing my hair back i don't know oh. just name alone just on name alone i'm getting confused i meant mrs winners because the mrs winners close and they replace it with a biscuitville biscuitville oh. had some fried chicken but not like the go-to stuff it was mrs they, what are they known for and a biscuit factory can you believe it i mixed them up once <laughs> this is a problem <laughs> Oh my goodness! So, but Biscuitville is really a company town that's just mostly a biscuit factory. Well, no, it. Biscuit Factory is the local one. Biscuitville is the franchise. That was a little joke about villes and and and, and well, no, factories. It's accurate. It's accurate. 
Have we reached? I always like when something's called factory because I always picture like like whenever I see a cheesecake factory, I picture a bunch of like soot covered workers in the back like shoveling strawberries onto a cheesecake. (laughs) Graham cracker crust mines. I just assume Lucille Ball is in there somewhere eating too much of whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) She's just stuffing biscuits so she doesn't have to count them. Um, Which of these are local to you now? What is your L.A. fried chicken? Uh, Dinah's is really good. Uh, Dinah's is the closest to like, uh, sort of Southern fried chicken. There's also Gus's fried chicken. That's actually down the street. Actually, Gus has become my new local one. Uh, that's a Memphis chain. And then oh, if you want to so get hot like, chicken, then is it Memphis? Hot no, chicken? Okay. no, it's got a little bit of spice to it. But if you want like the hot chicken, that's uh Hal and Ray's, which is like super popular, like you have to wait in line for two hours. Now they're only doing stuff on Postmates, but Helen Ray's is a, a ugh, Helen Ray's. In any of these experiences, have you ever had your your classic Southern fried chicken served on a banana leaf? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I wanted to make sure, I, but no. <laughs> <laughs> is this a reasonable time for me to like talk a little too much? I have yes. like, my palms are sweaty. I'm this I'm very nervous about this, Knees but I weak. do think that it's important to mention, like in the non Seattleness of it all, um, is yeah, the fact that. that there is actually a Seattle place famous for fried chicken, guys. <laughs> this place exists. It's real. It's called Azelle's. And it like they cater things for Oprah sometimes. Like she loves mm, them. She has They're, it flown to her. She's had it Whoa. flown to her. And I Whoa. found a 2017 article about them. And I remember them from when I was a kid because my mom used to work near one of their original locations. And we never went there because I also was raised with weird healthy chicken. But <laughs> you could smell the incredible fried chicken when you drove by. Uh. And like I would – I like every time that we went to pick her up from work, I'd be like, oh, that smells so good. Why don't we eat that? So – it's not that we don't make fried chicken in Seattle. It's just that they willfully chose not to include anyone from Seattle who makes fried chicken. You know yeah. who also they did not include any single person of color, which yeah. now this sounds very stereotypical and crappy and racist. However, I then did a little Google, which took me all of 20 seconds to be like, well, what's the history of fried chicken? And I found out very quickly <laughs> that fried chicken was something that became an economic advantage for slaves in order to make money they would like they would fry chicken and sell it and also it was a big part of like food during segregated times when they couldn't go to restaurants so they just got really good at making fried chicken because they had to eat somewhere somehow so they were eating at home making fried chicken and then they would pair it with watermelon because it was goddamn delicious and i just got so <laughs> so angry that they brought in all these hipsters from all over beard the boys States. from la these gross <laughs> beard boys and like by the way i don't think that brooke should have been punished for not hiring them because clearly no. they wanted to go out and do their own things and i bet they were terrible line cooks actually <laughs> and I just, the more the more Tanya, i focus, thought about a little it, focus the more i thought about it, the more angry i got that they'd never like we don't even bother to get into the history of fried chicken or yeah. like why it's so delicious or like how it evolved or like why it's like a, a hallmark of the south and a hallmark of the south for all the people who lived in the south not just the white guys with mustaches like <laughs> really really i think it's- that's it so basically, I really completely whitewashed and yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. gross. That's such a good point. Um, 
I am a little caught up on you really wanting them to get fired by Brooke. That was a very fun aside. Oh, you looked into your... I mean, related, well, related, yeah, but tangential, related, but tangential. I really disliked the table in general this episode. I thought everyone yeah, was so mean. They were all egging each other on. No one had a context for what they wanted out of fried chicken, really, except that they just hated all of it and wanted to like egg each other on for it. The, the one thing I will say is that... Um, David Chang has a whole episode of Ugly Delicious about fried chicken where he recontextualizes it. And I think it's a much better oh, like, examination of fried chicken and his own complicated feelings about it. And than, also features yeah. uh, Seattle chef Eduardo Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know. Oh, my God. This was possible. Yeah. yeah no. that, well, the guy that's featured has like become a huge James Beard award winning chef. He's lovely bit or the, the, not ugly baby. Uh, June, baby. June, baby. June baby. And uh, wow. Solari. Yeah, but it's it's just it, it like the whole that yeah that's it felt off because they were like fried chicken is delicious with no context or acknowledgement. The selection of judges seemed random. It was just star studded. It seemed like it seems for the so sake random. of being star studded. Who did Tom want to drink too much white wine while waiting for <laughs> home grade oil fryers to fry him overly demanding chicken? I did want just they they were so toasty by the end. Uh, Megan suggested that Josh was only going to go home with two hundred bottles of Torlato wine. <laughs> <laughs> but they were just so mean, and like I'm yeah, I'm all for like point. some healthy snark and like teasing, and I understand that that's perhaps something that happens in the restaurant industry. Ugh, I mean I have feelings about how that's normalized, but like. Yeah. It, it, it was so none of the feedback was like constructive or anything. And I'm glad they gave them the night to sober up before they went to the actual judges table because yeah. it was so, it's so mean to the chefs to make them wait till the next day. But given the yeah. way that table had been, it would not have been a fun judging. No. Yeah. Um, it just felt bad. It felt like, again, one of those, like, like the challenge itself, nothing wrong with that. They just botched how they handled it again. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I also, just in case you hadn't noticed this, um, from the six other times it's been mentioned by Stefan this season, um, both Wolfgang and Stefan mentioned that the word breast applies to chickens and to people. Oh my God, oh. that was so vile. I am tired of that <laughs> shit. Like, God damn. That was it's so It's not annoying. only gross, but it's like the fact that you're acting like you think you're the first to discover this is so embarrassing. It's so juvenile. <laughs> Like, why yeah. is it worth mentioning? Why? Oh so embarrassing. Why? And it's not, I was like, Wolfgang acted like he was the first one to have, have thought of that. And I was like, you didn't notice Stefan already said it six times this season? Cause, and every time, like, smiled like he was super proud of himself. So gross. Super, super gross. Um, during the, if we, yeah, I uh, moving on to the judging, I guess, a little bit of it the next day. So after sleeping yeah. over, um, I think Stefan was the only one who was surprised where he ended up. Um, but man, Tommy was not having any of Josie's shit today. Nope. Right. Tom and seemed fed up. It seems so. I mean, like the main knock against Josie's was not that it wasn't fried chicken, but that it was so overly greasy because of, again, poor time management is what we heard about. But if, while these dudes, and I say mostly dudes, cause it was mostly dudes. Uh, but like, are sauced on a ton of white wine that chicken would have to be so greasy for them not to want to take a bite of it and it was yeah, just <laughs> like that was very telling like yeah well your point you just made like uh briefly chris like about the fact that these are not like good fryers that they were using like no. 
Sheldon just had bottles of like kitchen oil and big pots. And then um, some people had small. Yeah. No, so a couple of people were using. I think Sheldon was one of the ones using just like big silver pots. And then a couple of people had fryers. And one of the fryers was not working for Josie, although, you know, sometimes chefs forget to turn stuff on, I guess. But like getting your oil hot is super important to this. And they were in, and clearly regulated. Op- overtaxing the system so yeah that's right. it was it does feel like another episode where they were not exactly set up to succeed and one yeah, of and uh, just just a Sheldon's like, was a little too hot that so right, that's his, why he exactly, didn't have enough exactly. of one of his dishes so then yeah and that's oh, that's was, how we ended up with less chicken yes. than people wanted but it's so hard Which to they get were super cool about <laughs> they were pretty chill. cool about yeah he, he would have won i think if they had enough chicken it's uh cool because it was it was family style i think because if he yeah. had walked around with plates and not given one to somebody he would have gotten dinged horribly but because it was a pile and they were like wait did i not get any of that that was yeah. like more forgiving yeah and i mean one of the things and and perhaps this is an obvious point but um you know, when you're when you're doing something with a home fryer, you know, a smaller oil reservoir, it's not that the oil didn't get hot enough. We saw oil Sheldon's oil got even too hot and he had to cool it down. The problem is when you consistently put room temperature or cool chicken into it over and over again, True. it's not a big enough pot of oil to stay regulated. And so you have to yeah. spend more time in between getting things back up to temp, back up to temp every single time. And so it's no wonder that you're doing that off home electric and it's just, you know, service is going to be hard. I just want to go back to you to this creativity idea. So um, Bridget uh, says the whole time I was ragging on chefs who or the whole time I thought ragging on chefs who just didn't make Southern fried chicken seems unfair. Um, like Cordon Bleu is boring, but it's better than greasy, bad chicken. Um, how do you, Like we were kind of talking about this earlier, but with like, should this have been pickle on a burger? If they had just served like the most classic chicken, would that have been better? Is that what, or like if they had been really creative, if there was a like, say, Brooks, a dish had actually worked where she took the skin, fried it separately, can somehow put it into the wrapping of it or something like would that have been do you think that would have been good? Is it just that cordon blue is boring or is it like you think yeah. any any creativity here was going to be shunned for randomly cordon blue is awful and that was the thing that i was like when it started was like oh interesting that a chef would think to do that because the only time i can remember having chicken cordon bleu is in like a school lunch yeah it's not i've never seen someone attempt a elevated version of a chicken cordon bleu and i don't know what that would be because it's just a chicken breast baked to hell with cheese glooping out and a little bit of ham and you know who didn't try to elevate it stefan he just decided to serve it just straight up aioli dividing the panel down the middle additional fat why would you do it here yeah, yeah. well because yeah. chicken breast is dry and awful you know right i isn't that I mean, cheese glue well, yeah put a yes. put a like a mornay do a mornay I, sauce I just feel like Stefan does not care about this show at all. And he or or maybe he doesn't care about food generally because he does seem like he really wants to win, but he has not done he's been one of the most middling chefs in the history of the show and he just doesn't seem to have any creative bones in it. Maybe he was deboned of creative mm, bones. That was um, the issue. He's a boneless, skinless breast of a human and he just uh yeah, he's just like chicken I did learn a chicken recipe in culinary school. Might as well do that one straightforwardly. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, what does he love? What I have a weird... He loves his car? I have a weird comparison. Stefan seems like the evil version of Malarkey. Where... 
malarkey. dark side malarkey. Dark yeah, malarkey. All dark about malarkey. the business and like he he kind of is a businessman first, a chef, like very close second, but he's also like not doing it for evil. And Stefan is like bald face, like I don't care about the food. I'm just trying I am to not interested in learning. Yeah. Yeah. Man, and he said I I had no interest in learning, as if he thought the chefs would be like, "Oh, okay, well that's fair then." <laughs> like he said it like that, like solved the problem. Mm-hmm. Oh my Touché. Fair In enough. World. Also, well, I'm sorry, but fried chicken is not the only thing that requires this like crispy fried consistency, and it's not living in an isolated tube by itself. Like this, these techniques and this knowledge of how to fry things well is not something that's only for this one dish. It's not like, oh, I just skipped point. out on knowing how to fry things well, <laughs> and that seemed fine for me as a chef. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so um, just to like wrap this part up, um, maybe this will make you feel a little better. Um, knowing we've been going back and forth on this uh, villain updates, um, it came down to Josie getting eliminated first, and then um, straight up rejecting Stefan's hug twice on his Ooh. way on on her way out like that and then she went into the stew room and brought everyone but Stefan in for a group hug like that did that redeem her at all in your eyes cuz it made me real happy yeah it was, that was awesome. i mean the hug thing i cuz i also feel like she went to hug Brooke and Brooke was like that's okay um <laughs> But was like polite. Stefan comes at her and she like defends away his hand and per- like makes a high handshake to get away yep. from his hug. Well, and I he- would yeah. say yeah. Stefan is not someone I would personally feel comfortable accepting a hug from. Totally. There's more totally. than just like the animosity here. Stefan gives lingering kisses to people. He's so creepy. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a very handsy person and regardless of my personal like whatever clashes i'd have like on a a rivalry level with someone if like they behave that way towards other female chefs i would not want to touch him totally no 100 percent deserved yeah Yeah. normalize saying no to hugs i guess Yeah. yeah 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 Did we also kind of cover in Josie's defense of Stefan that was you know sort of some some football ass hand fighting but Brooke <laughs> she refused to play hands behind the back when Josie turned to her the entire time like yeah. no hug no handshake well um, yeah she was very funny <laughs> she was yeah. also funny she, and she's she's mad about restaurant wars still she yeah. was mm-hmm. super upset and yeah we well, got oh, her we... oh go ahead you please. Oh, I think we were going to say the same thing. Basically, I just was going to say we get that moment from her in yep. the first part of the episode where she says, if I had realized like how like this was going to go down, I would have jumped in and said something. Yeah, we. Would, I think I brought up last week, like, why wouldn't other people, if, Chris, if Kristen didn't want to explain what actually happened to her own defense, why didn't someone else? And then we talked about how like bad that worked out for other chefs earlier on. Josh, um, CJ. Um, but uh, yeah, that that I think... I, that makes total sense that if she thought, look, this is bad, but it's going to be way worse if I get involved and she wasn't going home anyway. So I'm just going to not say anything. But then realizing later, like I should have come in, come out and defended her. Yeah. Didn't she uh, realize that it was 2020 and like pessimism is never wrong. So like <laughs> I, she might not have realized that because it was 2010. Yeah. Um, but maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so let's uh, go into our last uh, challenge of the day. Last chance kitchen. Josie and Kristen have to buy their own salmon from the fish tossers at Pike Place. 
which of course means an hour drive each way in traffic, awkwardly yeah. explaining to each other how a car wor- a car you, works. You see that Mercer Island exit? I they're on the east side, and now I really <laughs> yeah. want to know where that house is. Yeah, it, it yeah. is long aqua taco in that car where they don't talk about how they ruin each other's lives, but are just like, oh look, the volume knob turns left and right. I think uh, it's, it's a great. This is a great pitch on the car for like, you know what? If you're not getting along with a relative. Uh, this is the car to drive it in. Like, there's no better. There's so much to talk about. It's, it's so, so quiet. About. The hybrid drive. <laughs> really, really feel that silence deeply. Yeah. <laughs> At that speed, it's more about the tires. <laughs> they get back. Also, good point, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I also I suddenly got so Very glad there was like a type. camera person in the car too. I was like, at least it's not just the two of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that might be one where the car shows up and the doors open. And there's nobody left inside. Everyone um, bailed partway through. Yeah, everyone everyone got out. Okay, so they get back with their whole fish, um, and uh, they have to butcher them into two, I, ten, ten identically misshapen portions and serve them to Tom uh, and the stool sitters. Josie focuses on favorite um, band name. The stool sitters. Tom and the stool sitters. Yeah. You didn't like you didn't like the fish tossers. Uh no. I okay. I, 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 <laughs> no. I, I, I like the straight truth. Yeah. He's here for yes. Strong feedback. I appreciate it. Um, uh, Josie focuses on overcooking all eleven portions exactly the same way, and then pouring one out for her dead homies. Um, but even that consistency isn't enough to overcome Kristen, who just barely enacts revenge with her well cooked and unpleasantly underpickled uh, raisin and salmon dish. Yep. I so mean, Josie's it seemed gone for like good. Kristen's was sure better. I mean, if the only problem was that the raisins weren't all the way puffed yeah i mean it was a classic thing where tom comes around to the table and is like you're gonna finish that in six more minutes okay yeah and then it wasn't good so you could have seen that coming maybe but yeah she didn't ruin the salmon so that helps barely an act of revenge i love as an idea where it's like if that's like sort of like the county monte cristo but just like he just nearly doesn't pull it off right it's just it's the, the lightest uh uh i don't know embarrassment basically of the people who wronged him like i like my that name is antigo Montoya. you killed my father prepare to just barely not escape this. <laughs> You're just going to get a couple nicks. And you'll feel real bad about yourself. And yeah, for an unpleasant but normally lengthed life. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's a she. She made it feel even worse. I think for Josie by giving her a a chance, uh, making her think she could pull it off. Um. Although Josie did get points for making the whole kitchen smell fun with her fennel pollen. Did you think? I feel like this is like mostly for Ezra. But did you feel like? for a second tom was going to give the the win to josie since he said it all comes down to consistency and she had overcooked her fish all exactly the same way uh no i thought that was definitely why it was going to go to Kristen. (laughs) also i I think overcooking fish is just you can't you can't do that on top it's so rude well also she's yeah she was like i guess i should have cooked it on one side which was like was that jeffrey's issue early on like how is that still happening at this level I thought we knew you didn't cook the fish on both sides. That's well, like something actually... I do sweaty and nervously when I'm like afraid of giving someone food poisoning, but I know I'm not <laughs> like actually doing it well by the fish. You know, it's like the pan. Totally. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh God, I got to get it cooked. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. I also, right. I, what, I, she in her post interview was like, I actually didn't think it was overcooked. And I was like, well, then I'm, you might just have bad taste in fish. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? Listen, yeah, I, I grew up not making it seem better. I grew up 
with overcooked fish as just how my family did mm-hmm. fish. And then I went to a good restaurant and had properly cooked fish. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Now, yeah. you know. It's, it's more fun. Yeah. Well, and also, I, I think it could be something where, like, she is cooking in Miami. And I feel like Miami oh, the Gulf is like Tyree food. Well, it's like kind of my retiree food, but also you're cooking fish that you're either frying all the way or like cooking all the way through. Salmon's a type of fish that I, it just seems like Florida seafood is not the type that you're as delicate with as like salmon or halibut or things that you get on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah you don't want to leave anything in Florida rare. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably for Ooh, the best. Point, yeah, guys, that's, yeah. new Shark Tank pitch. All right. Um, in the future, we like genetically engineer like animals to ding when they meet the right meet the right temperature. Oh, I don't, oh. don't want to put that on them. <laughs> yeah, that's not, I don't. Uh, I'm backing out of the room again. <laughs> yeah, your your version of Shark Tank is you say a product, and then uh, Tanya is that um, Homer Simpson into the bushes gif. <laughs> I mean, look, if all the sharks leave the tank, I got to have a free tank. So this free is shark tank. <laughs> the next person comes in with like their fancy cutting board they invented, and it's just you sitting yeah. across all four chairs. Yes, I'm the shark now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the shark now with Ezra Fox. <laughs> um, all right, so last couple of segments. First of all, from Tall to Trenta, I'm sorry there's no Seattle in this challenge. That's the name of the segment. The yeah, house was it's pretty. That's true. The, the house in I want to say Shoreline was pretty. Yeah, we were they, trying to figure out where it was. Shoreline it seems like there was enough on the Toyota um, dash cam that we could have looked, and I didn't go back and check it out. So yeah, it, looked, it looked north of the city and Shoreline-ish, and a nice, nice house with a nice view. That's cool. Um, otherwise, <laughs> in Seattle, this was like the styrofoam cup from a cruise ship that uh, gets like dumped over the side i cannot believe this is our last episode in seattle proper it is such a sad way to leave the city you just said that and i got so sad (laughs) this actually might be my least favorite episode of the season i think this this upset me more than restaurant wars and like like, it was worse worse than the pickle episode like this this was really rough is maybe it's it's it could be like a stealth seattle episode where it's like maybe it's like is schadenfreude or maybe like like Revenge, like a like a, a common like Seattle theme. Yeah, do you guys, do you guys are you guys big on revenge? <laughs> no, we in quietly Seattle? feel bad about ourselves. That's what we mm, do. That's mm. different. That's different. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you yeah. apologize. It's quietly feeling bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to disappoint. Um, yeah, I mean, like so overall, I guess tall to Trenta, how Seattle was this season so far. Oh. I, uh, I mean, broken record here, but tall. They really, yeah, like we've said yeah. before, it's just yeah. they, they had the chance to make it more locally focused and they just either chose not to or couldn't make it happen with local talent and ingredients. I don't know what happened. Yeah. yeah. We've seen such a lack of curiosity from the um, yeah, you know, challenge. Like was yeah. It's like, well, what are the three things you know about Seattle? Okay. I, I guess that's, that's fine. Uh, we'll real. fill the other. 12 episodes with something else or they just jam-packed yeah they jam-packed all their artisans into a pickle episode barely featured them and then we're like okay we did our due diligence and now we can do whatever we want yeah 
I don't know. It does. I mean, if I'm going to be really Seattle about it, I'm just sort of like, well, what did we do wrong that they passive aggressively (laughs) made an entire season about our city and didn't feature any of it? That's exactly the right Seattle take. Um, We're so sorry that you didn't do a better job with us. Um, (laughs) I will say um, on a slightly positive note that the cruise ship episodes in my in my memory are so wackadoodle that I liked them. Uh, I believe <laughs> that I enjoyed watching these really good chefs pretend that they thought this restaurant was cool oh, that they yeah. have to cook in with the weird plates and just acting like that being on a cruise is not the saddest place for a chef. They that's very fun. So I do like that. Also, we have now we still have three destinations left because we have cruise ship, then we have Alaska, and then we go back to LA for the worst finale in the history of the show. So. Well, uh, it's the worst structured. It's not the worst in terms of yeah. Certainly, yeah, there are worse outcomes. There's lots but of the, bad ones. The, the the worst in terms of like watchable cooking and how they put it together. Um, one of the stupidest maybe finales in the history of the show. Um, yeah. Well, Bon Voyage, Seattle. Um, you, you should have done. Ye. Yeah, truly. Or got to New Year. Damn, I um, ruined my joke. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle's backing out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one left. It's my, it's my show now, Sue. <laughs> my Shark Tank now. Um, all right. So one more uh, quick. This is a very, very important episode of. Do the ding-dong song. It's time for our final mailbag of Seattle. And it's a good one. It's important. I can't build this up enough. We have more discussion as to what the correct opposite of overwhelm is. Oh, wow. So, uh, Mouse at Mouse on a Moose wrote in on Twitter. Wait. Actually, the opposite of overwhelmed is not not overwhelmed. Logical negation is not the same as antonym. Your listener is wrong. You are all okay. And I wanted, in all fairness, before I knew we were going to talk about this, so I wanted to give Bridget a chance to respond. And oh. Bridget said, um, I, spo- I suppose the square of opposition that is specifically the contrary and certainly in common parlance means antonym. Uh, I was studying for the LSAT for a while and it was really drilled into your head that the opposite of something isn't the antonym. It's simply that it, that thing is being negated. Um, so, but it's great that someone out pedanted even me. So I enjoy this back and forth, but my important question to the rest of the panel, this is what I want to know. What is the opposite of overwhelm? Wrong answers only. Can, can, oh, we, also, can we also add on to this sub question? What was that mouse doing on top of that moose? Um, eating a cookie. Okay. Okay. No, our fault. Shouldn't have given it to him. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh, and the moose was eating a muffin. Yeah, the moose was eating. A, if yes, far yes. bad. Inside, maybe too small the house for a moose. <laughs> Did you guys see that Amazon has a new show that's called "If You Give a Mouse a Cookie"? And it seems like they took some real liberties with that script. We've watched yeah, we're really spinning a lot of content out of things that weren't <laughs> built. Yes, like about unintended consequences, and now he's like a rock star hero. As what is it actually like? I remember the Christmas special where he um, he's all about singing. I mean, like it's weird because the mouse's name is Mouse, and that that naming scheme does not scale for all animals. I just want to sure not. Yeah, it's an issue. Yeah, nor multiple tonal language. Hmm. All right, mouse is. Anyway, um, okay, so um, I give you a question. It's going to want a glass of milk. So uh, what is the opposite of overwhelm? Wrong answers only. Oh, I, this is not this is not my area of expertise. Uh, chicken cordon bleu. 
Well, so I like if you're gonna here's my theory. If you're gonna do an opposite of of a of a compound word, it's not just over becomes under, but whelm has to become the opposite of whelm. Uh, is okay. it uh, over dolphined? <laughs> Was like whelm like whale? Yeah, yeah. Um, you're just mal- uh, tossing a malaprop in this one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. maybe under missed me entirely. <laughs> Um, I, I, I like the cordon blue answer where it's just like, I think the opposite would just be something that has nothing to do with it at all. I think there's an interesting logic in that. No, no, that, that is a, it's a, because chicken cordon blue is underwhelming. So I think it's, 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 it's a, that's a slant rhyme. Okay. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, he did actually, he did the other one. Um, he, uh, airport puck did the same thing this episode where he tried to make someone, he like asked yes. someone to finish for him where he was like, what's the show called again? As mm-hmm. if he didn't know, yeah. so he could say, "I wouldn't even call it the Apprentice," which is good because that show's taken and has nothing to do with cooking. Um, yeah, this is this is that that IKEA burn that we've heard so much about. <laughs> so weird, so weird that guy. Um, all right, well, I guess this segment is not going as far as I had hoped. I was looking, I was looking for the the. I was furiously binging uh, the etymology of Whelm to see if I could find a different joke on it, and I don't have one, so we're there. <laughs> so there is not I mean I I believe that do people in is it in Britain that they actually do say whelmed? I I wanna say. I don't it's it's a lawless land. They could say anything. <laughs> uh the verb whelmen uh, in Middle English uh meant to overturn. Um oh. yeah. And uh, survived in English as whelm, a verb which is you know largely oh yeah, synonymous with overwhelm. Uh, um anyway. So it's over, overturned. So maybe just turned. left upright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Still left alone. Standing. Yeah. Um, Mouse and Moose did give me some options for um because I, I gave them a, a chance to respond as well for bat for incorrect answers now, um, which included they gave us several good options, including beside whelmed, which I think mm. is interesting, and then also uh, half past Thursday whelmed. Oh. Which is definitely wrong. Um, Alex, I should say, in my country, we don't really do uh, you know, wrong answers only. I, I, I have no curiosity about this. So, <laughs> Yeah, I chose not to learn about what this word means. All right. Well, that segment... It's shark tank now. <laughs> well, that segment did not go as well as I'd hoped. But um, I appreciate the continuity of Pete and Tree. And we, I appreciate everybody who writes into the show. You can do so. You can send us mailbag at packyourmics.com. It's a great way to get in touch with us. We're also, on, we're also on Facebook and Twitter, which I usually check on Saturday when I'm prepping for the episode. Um, and we have a few more episodes. Even though we're leaving Seattle, we're sticking with season 10. So join us for some cruise ship episodes starting next week. Have any of you guys gone on a cruise ship that left from Seattle? I, I have. Yes, I have. Is wow. a ferry count? Yeah, we've, we, we took we've taken <laughs> ferry. <laughs> How long were you on the ferry for? Would you sleep there? Did you, did you have a midnight buffet? Uh, did I what? Did you like sleep have there? Have a midnight buffet yeah, on midnight the buffet. Yeah. No, no, we don't oh, have a midnight buffet. I've taken a nap and eaten some Tim's Cascades on a ferry. Does that count? <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to say yeah. yeah. It counts in the sense that I like that better than cruise ships. <laughs> I, I've, I've like definitely cruise. eaten some Tim's Cascades on a, uh, Cascade on a, uh, on a ferry as well. Um, that's a I classic like, I like cruise ships a lot I don't think Sarah does no I think I'm with Tanya Tanya cruise bad, <laughs> cruise bad. 
<laughs> what is it you like about it? Is it, is it you like the, the 24-hour uh, food options? Yes. Yeah, so, so one, that was great. So I, I went there when I was, I went on a cruise uh, when I was 10 and I think again when I was 11. And that's a pretty great time to be on a cruise, I think. It's like... That is. It's a, like it's infinite free food um, and like like as much like, you know, free reign of like, because I think they were not worried uh, that I would be ever not on the boat. And so they figured they could... Yeah, follow the board? Yeah, they could like, they could buy me. Uh, when they wanted to, uh, and wow. so it's just free, free range. So you got a lot of autonomy for an eleven-year-old. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, and I'm the like, shark now. Yeah, I, I felt I was, the, I was definitely the shark. I uh, and I even I opted to not to like it was it was such a good cruise. I opted to like not get off the boat on one of them because I just wanted to like just hang out on uh, and enjoy the boat time. Um, yeah. So I never got to see Estonia as a result. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Take missed, that, Estonia. Yeah, you, know, you didn't miss a, much. I had the most disappearing. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't miss much. Okay. Tell me how much you didn't like about Estonia, Chris. Oh, I just had the most. You know, it seemed like a beautiful old city, uh, a little inscrutable, and had the worst and most disappointing beer of my entire life, which, if you were 10 or 11, wouldn't have mattered. I was going to say, Estonia's marketing to the, like, late grade school crowd was not strong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I like my country's scrutable, so. What is the problem? (laughs) One of my problems with a cruise ship um, uh, embarkation like that is that wherever you depart, you're with 10,000 people that were just on a cruise ship. So it kind of deadens the fun of that local uh, that local areas because it's just recently been overrun by cruise ship people. Yes. Again. again. Um, yeah. There are I, there are certainly elements of, of the cruise ship world that I like, but I, my, my family is more into it. And so I'm being kind of cautious because I don't want to insult their their pastimes. But I did not do not think it is. From you don't want to go down. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Next time they offer, I'll be like, you should take Ez. He'll have way more fun with that midnight dining. Yeah, Although probably before. now that you're not 11, the autonomy to go anywhere on a boat is not as exciting to you. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and as you can't actually go anywhere on the boat. Just Seriously, there's so many places that are off limits. Uh, it's less cute when you do it when you're a full grown man. I have yeah. a whole, I'll have a whole like, uh, like luggage like thing, just a steamer, a steamer case of disguises. It'll be very jaunty. I can get anywhere. <laughs> Okay, I like that. Again. Your entire entire. First of all, you're still bringing a steamer trunk, which I enjoy because it's a ship. But also that it it's was a healthy choice. Yeah, sizes. healthy choice branded uh, steamer trunks. <laughs> Mostly salt from the steamerverse. Oh man, I didn't even think of that about how healthy choice meals and trunks are in the steamerverse. Um, also, some trains. Yeah, and some punks. Punk, yeah. yeah, and some punks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the important Top Chef news that you came to pack your mics for. We'll be back with more of that next week. Um, Send us your feedback as we uh, continue along. And also tell us things you're excited about about Portland, if you are. We definitely, our listeners, uh, we're seem stoked about it. So I I look forward to hearing your thoughts on that. Um, Thanks. Uh, Actually, before I say goodbye, Chris, um, pack your mic on a boat. No, don't get on a boat. Leaving on a boat, you stay here. Boat's departing, Chris. Don't, don't move. You see where you are. Okay, I'll wave my knife from the shore. That was my boat noise. All right. Um, <laughs> thanks for hanging out, Ez and Sarah. Yeah. Yes. Good yes. talk to you. Also, other Sarah and Kyle. Thank you. Have a wonderful Enjoy week. your chicken and not chicken lifestyle. And um, Chris and Tanya. Woof. Thanks for letting me yell. Oh, I enjoyed the yelling. Yeah. Good. That's we good. all. Not only was it good, we also needed it. It was very helpful. So thank you. Um, uh, Also, thank you for quietly backing out of the room repeatedly.
Anytime. And give, give over the, the tank to, to Ezra. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Anytime Ezra's about to pitch me a product, I'm like, hold on a second. Let me get Tanya on the phone to not be interested. <laughs> pretty fun. Uh, and Megan, thanks for hanging out. Thank you. All right. Well, we will uh, talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.